You know, it's a funny day when uh, two days in a row, the market starts to go up right before an OPEC plus meeting, which is supposed to be happening tomorrow. And Wall Street is talking a little about it a little bit on their channels currently right now. What's also funny, too, is they're starting to talk a little bit more about the metaverse, which is something we covered on this podcast a few weeks back. And we have covered here and there just based off what we've been reading about it. So it's interesting to see how Wall Street is continuing to be behind on things on the market news in general. Now, granted, they do have to cover bigger news at the time because that's what's being talked about the most. But it's still interesting to see how currently right now they are talking about topics that we've already covered on this podcast in the past. So just a thought I would point out today. Now, some important news that we will cover today, and you'll probably end up hearing about this a lot because... It's becoming a big deal currently right now. Breaking news, Elon Musk is cha- uh, changes course and proposes going through with the Twitter deal at original price, according to a source from CNBC. And some other news that we'll be talking about today, South Korea's neighbor to buy US e-commerce site Poshmark for $1.2 billion and what that could potentially mean for the e-commerce world in the making. We have some news from the car industry, both from Rivian and Ford, and they're actually both somewhat decent news of the car industry. And I'll have to admit right now I was wrong about Ford because I thought Ford was going to have a bad quarter coming into it. And the last thing we're going to be talking about is it has to do with the chip industry. There's some major news that's coming from it that I'm surprised isn't being able to talk about right now, but we'll cover it here and it has to do with Micron and what they're planning to do. With that being said, I have to remind you all at the beginning of each podcast, I'm not a professional advisor in any way, shape or form. Everything I talk about on this podcast is for information purposes only. You need to do your own research before investing in any company as you're not guaranteed to make money in the stock market. The whole purpose of this podcast is for information purposes only. You need to do your own research before making any investment decisions. Please also go talk to your professional advisor as they would understand your your financial situation a lot better than I would. And I legally cannot give you financial advice. And with that, let's begin today's podcast. Elon Musk changes course and proposes going through with Twitter deal at original price from a source from CNBC. Elon Musk has reversed course and again is proposing to buy Twitter for $54.20 a share, according to a source familiar with the matter. Twitter shares jumped as much as 50% on Tuesday after Bloomberg first reported on the Tesla CEO's plan to go forth with the deal to acquire the company. The stock was halted after the report. And as of the recording of this podcast, it was still being halted at this time. A few weeks after Musk agreed to the deal early this year, valuing Twitter at $44 billion, he quickly tried to back out officially informing the company in July of his intentions to terminate the agreement. Twitter sued Musk to force him to go through with the purchase. The two sides were scheduled to go to a trial in Delaware court on October 17th. Musk alleged that Twitter was mista- misstating the number of bots on its service as one of the reasons he re... Um, reneging on the deal, he and the lawyers claimed that the social media company was misleading investors by providing false numbers and corporate filings with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Twitter countered, however, that Musk's assertions of fraud were incorrect and were based on misunderstanding of the way the company tallies bots and fake accounts on its platforms. Twitter alleged that Musk was looking for a reason to back out of the deal when the company's shares dropped alongside a border decline in the overall market. CNBC has learned that Musk could own Twitter within a matter of days and all the litigation would come to an end. Meanwhile, Tesla shares dropped about $9 per share as the news of Musk proposed crossed, but they're still up 2% on the day. I had said it here in the past. I firmly believed Elon Musk was going to be buying Twitter and I'm still in that camp that he will have to end up buying Twitter in the end. 
Now, granted, there'll probably be a lot of change coming to Twitter, which I'm excited about. But I'm also wondering, too, because we had talked about this in yesterday's podcast, and I advise listening to a little bit more about the allegations that YouTube are, that YouTube's going through. I wonder if Twitter is going to be held accountable for misinformation if Twitter loses, I mean, not Twitter, if YouTube loses this lawsuit that they're being sued for allowing ISIS to recruit on their platform. Twitter, I believe, is in the same situation as well. There was a lot of ISIS recruitment that was happening on Twitter a few years back, if I'm not mistaken. Could be wrong, but I remember hearing at the time that there was some accounts that were happening at that time. And so the culture and Twitter is going to become really interesting going forward to see how things change within the company of Twitter. And Elon Musk probably is the right guy who needs to be in charge of Twitter because Elon firmly believes in freedom of speech. And so this is going to be interesting to see how Twitter becomes a becomes a factor going forward. What I'm also curious too, it obviously won't be that much of a, a factor going forward come the midterm elections in the United States, but probably by the next presidential election, Twitter might be a factor in determining who becomes president in a way. Because Twitter for the longest time wasn't allowing political ads to be run on their cam- on, on their site at all. And so makes me wonder if since Elon, he's, he's an entrepreneur and he likes to be able to try to make things better and make money, obviously, makes me wonder what's going to happen with Twitter come this next presidential election in the United States. Something we'll keep an eye on going forward. On to the next breaking news too. South Korea's neighbor to buy U.S. e-commerce site Poshmark for $1.2 billion. South Korea internet giant Naver is acquiring U.S. Re- e-retailer Poshmark for roughly $1.2 billion. The company is announced Monday. Poshmark's shares popped as much as 14% in extended trading. Naver is paying $17.90 per share in an all-cash deal. Poshmark closed on Monday at, 50, at $15.57. Naver operates a search engine, e-commerce platform, and other services in South Korea. The company said that the deal would deepen Naver's reach in online retail with allowing Postmark to enter international markets. Postmark is a popular online retail site that lets people shop from the close from the closets of other users. The company went public in January 2021 at $42 a share, hitting the market at a time when online shopping was surging during the COVID-19 pandemic and investors were flocking to tech stocks. Since then, the stock has fallen sharply, tumbling alongside the rest of the tech industry. Naver and Postmark said they expect the deal to generate significant revenue and cost synergies, including re-acceleration of annual revenue growth beyond 20% in the near term. As ads improve, monetization, investments grow overseas, and live commerce gets greater adaption, adoption. The deal adds to recent consolidations in the second-hand clothing market. Etsy acquired fashion resale app uh, Depop for $1.62 billion last year. Depop competes with Postmark and other reseller services like ThreadUp. The companies will host a conference call to discuss the deal at 9 p.m. That was yesterday, Eastern Standard Time. You know, e-commerce right now is still an interesting subject overall. We've talked about this too. I mean, Shopify was having to lay off people recently because they hired too many people because of the COVID pandemic. And now they're having to lay off people. And e-commerce will still be an important factor going forward. But it's hard to tell where the e-commerce world is currently going right now especially when there's becoming a lot of e-commerce sites in the making. Now, granted, that's the advantage of the internet is you're able to make as many companies as you want online and be able to try your best to compete in general. But it makes me wonder still, can this help 
can can the South Korean company Naver be able to when they buy Postmarks? Is it going to help them in the long run? It might. It also might not as well, but it is causing Postmark to become a more global brand. And that could be huge for Postmark in the end and Naver. Naver might be able to make some money out of it. It's hard to tell in the end, but Naver's, the, the e-commerce market's going to get a little bit more competitive now. And I, I expect Naver to be eventually be talked about in the international market soon when it comes to investing in e-commerce overseas. Because right now, obviously, they talk a lot about Alibaba. Maybe Naver becomes the next big topic for South Korea e-commerce as well. On the next topic about the auto industry, Rivian says it's on pace to meet 2022 goals after production grew 67% in the third quarter. Electrical vehicle maker Rivian Automotive said Monday that it's produced over 7,000 vehicles in the third quarter, its highest quarterly total to date. The company also confirmed that it remains on track to produce 25,000 vehicles in 2022. Shares of Rivian were up 7% after hours training following the news. The stock had closed more than 3% lower during the regular trading session. Rivian sent a statement that it proceed, uh, produced a total of 7,363 vehicles at its Illinois factory in the third quarter, and that 6,584 vehicles were delivered to its customers during that period. Rivian currently makes the R12 pickup, the R1S SUV, and delivery vans for Amazon at its factory in Normal, Illinois. The company didn't break out production of or deliveries by model. Rivian originally expected to build 50,000 vehicles in 2022, but it but it had the guidance in March, saying at the time that the global supply chain issue had added a layer of complexity to the plan to increase production. The company confirmed Monday that it still expects to meet the goal of 25,000 this year. Year to date, through the third quarter, Rivian has produced 14,317 vehicles. It's good to see that the auto industry is kind of on a rebound, especially with all the negative news that was forcing around it. Okay. I mean... Even Ford is saying almost the exact same thing too. It says Ford sales up 16% in the third quarter despite September decline. Ford Motors on Tuesday said its sales in the third quarter increased about 16% compared to the with a year earlier, despite a larger than expected decline in September. The Detroit automaker, which reports sales monthly, said it sold 142,644 vehicles last month, a 8.9 decline from a year earlier. The drop caused the automaker to miss quarterly sales expectations of Cox Automotive and Edmonds, which forecast gains of 19 to 17.8% respectively. Ford stock was up 7% early Tuesday morning trading, outpacing a broader uptick in the market. The automaker's crosstown rival General Motors was also up 7%. We had reported on General Motors yesterday, and I believe it was that they did really well. I think they were up like 24% when it came to being able to sell their vehicles when we reported on that yesterday. New vehicle demand remains strong with retail orders rapidly expanding, according to Andrew Frick, Ford Vice President Sales, Distribution, and Trucks. Despite rising interest rates and fears of an economic downturn or recession, Ford's quarterly sales outpaced the industry, which auto analysis forecasts to be down by less than 1% compared with a year earlier. Automakers continue to deal with supply chain issues from semiconductors and and wire harnesses to small parts such as the vehicle and company logos. Economic and supply chain issues caused Cox Automotive last month to lower its 2022 new vehicle sales forecast to 13.7 million, representing a decline of more than 9% from 2021 and the lowest volume in a decade. Ford's vehicles through the quarter increased, but were down by 4% compared to the second quarter as the company manages through supply chain problems. Ford September sales continue uh, correction. Ford's September sales report comes weeks after the automaker told investors that part shortages affected roughly 40,000 to 45,000 vehicles, primarily high-margin trucks and SUVs that haven't been able to reach dealers. 
report also said at the time that it expects to book an extra $1 billion in unexpected supplier costs during the third quarter. Sales of Ford profitability F-Series pickups were down 27% last month from September 2021, contributing to a roughly 13% decline through the third quarter. The company sold 8,760 models of an all-electric F-150 Lightning pickup through September, including 1,918 vehicles last month. Ford's 2022 electric vehicle totaled more than 41,200 units through September. A majority of sales are Mustang Match E crossovers, that which have increased 49% compared to last year, more than 28,000 units. And this is where thing, this is what I find interesting. The last paragraph in this article says year-to-date sales of Ford's vehicles, including a luxury Lincoln brand, total more than 1.38 million units through September, a 1.2% decrease from a year ago. You know, it's been a lot of news recently within the last couple weeks, I believe, about the electric vehicle market right now. It seems like that's where everything's going, whether it's the news from New York or California that are saying that we're going to have all electric vehicles to these companies claiming that they're going to push more for electric vehicles across their board. It seems like that's where the next growth for these car companies are in the making. Now, I'm not a huge believer in electric vehicles. I believe they're still some issues that might come from electric vehicles, especially if you don't have the power supply or the uh, the grid generation to be able to handle that much electric cars being plugged in. But it could be a huge component of go- going forward with the car makers in general. I mean, Tesla sales are down right now. They are. And all these other car makers are going up, okay? Obviously, if you're not Tesla you might not be seeing as much growth going forward. Don't get me wrong. Tesla's still an amazing company overall. This isn't financial advice, obviously. But it seems like these other car makers are going to be able to start stepping up a little bit more and be able to afford and catch up to Tesla in the making. It's taking time for them, but it seems like they're now being able to make that push going forward to be able to start competing with Tesla. And so I'm wondering how Tesla stocks going to be able to do going forward. And it's going to cause a lot of, a lot of interesting things to happen. But there is that still that supply chain issues. And one of the reasons is has to do with the chips and the cars that they're making now these days. Well, there might be some good news on the horizon from Micron, even though it will potentially take two decades to complete. Okay. And this is the first that I've discovered for these chip companies as well. I think this is the first. Micron to spend up to $100 billion to build a computer chip factory in New York. Okay. From CNBC, Micron will spend up to $100 billion over at least the next two decades building a new computer chip factory in upstate New York, the state said on Tuesday. The announcement first reported by the New York Times comes after the passage of the Chips and Science Act of 2022. A federal law championed by Senator Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, the Democrat from New York, the asso- uh, the al- that allocates $52 billion to encourage more domestic semiconductor production. Micron CEO credited the passage of the law for making the investment possible, according to the Times. Shares of Micron up 4.5% Tuesday morning. The risk of the U.S. reliance on foreign computer chips productions became clearer during the pandemic. A supply chain issue impacted a wide range of goods. Semiconductors are used in a variety of internet-connected devices, from cell phones to cars to medical devices. When the CHIPS Act became law, it spurred a wave of investment announcements by semiconductor companies, including Micron, which at the time pledged $40 billion through 2023. For U.S. chip manufacturing, saying it would create up to 40,000 domestic jobs. Qualcomm also committed to buying an additional $4.2 billion worth of chips from Global Foundry's plant in New York. Intel had said that plans to invest up to $100 billion in chip manufacturing in Ohio relied heavily on federal legis- legislation. 
The choice to put a factory in New York is a win for Schumer, who has led the chips investment push and advocated for the state to host new facilities. The bottom line is without the chips and science invest uh, legislation, Micron would have decided to build its mega fab overseas, Schumer said in a statement. This investment leaves no question that the future of microchip manufacturing will remain not just in our country, but in the Syracuse specifically, and that our future will be built on upstate New York and central New York as a global center of the chips industry. New York's Democrat governor, uh, Kathy, I think it's Hotel. Hochul also played a role working to persuade Micron to bring its plant to Clay, a town near Syracuse, the Times reported. The performance-based incentive package from the state is valued at $5.5 billion, and it's tied to Micron's commitment to create 9,000 new jobs at the w- as well as following through on the $100 billion investment. Micron must also meet certain sub- sub- sustainability standards to get the tax credits. According to the press release from from the governor of New York's office, an economic impact study by regional economic models found that projects will create an average of nearly 50,000 jobs in New York state per year over the first 31 years of the operation. It also estimated that it would generate additional $16.7 billion in real-time inflation-adjusted economic output from the state. So I'm happy that this is happening. Truly am, okay? There was going to be a lot of issues going forward, especially if like we've mentioned in the past, if China ever were to invade Taiwan, there'd be a lot of issues. But this also brings up another important question too. It's still going to take two decades for this plant to be made. My personal belief, you might need to speed that up a little bit. And honestly, chips are going to be the next big play potentially in Wall Street. I can't prove it. This isn't financial advice. But just seeing the demand that chips are in in our everyday life, it's only going to cause more more issues in the chip industry. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's an uh, if there's other reports going forward on Wall Street where they're always saying like, oh, it's because there's a chip shortage and we're having issues here. I mean, even I mean, India is trying to become a chip powerhouse in the making. They're probably going to try to try to lure a company in or two. Micron's the first to be able to come to the United States and say we're going to build a plant, but it's going to take two decades to build. And the other problem too, as I've mentioned, I don't think putting it on the on the coast side of the east or west side of the United States is a smart idea. I believe a chip manufacturer needs to be in the center of the United States, especially if it's a military chips that they're making. If they're military chips, they need to be made in the center of the United States. So it's harder for any political opposition or go- or other government or other country to be able to take over the chips or just destroy the chip factory in general. Chips are going to be too valuable, especially as the world becomes more and more chaotic. I mean, good for, like I said, good for Micron for making this announcement. They're the first, I believe, to make this announcement. Now we just got to wait for companies like Intel and NVIDIA. They're probably next in line. Now where they're going to put it is it's going to be it's gonna be interesting to see where they do put it in the end. But like I said, if military chips is, if they are building military chips, because it doesn't say in this article if they're going to be making military chips or if they're just going to be making chips for like cars, you need to move the military ones to the middle of the United States if China is as big of a threat as these chip maker countries believe. I mean, come on, they're, they were forming partnerships to be able to do this at this point. We, we talked about that in the past co- podcast. They were forming alliances to take on China so that China has become this powerhouse in the power chip supply chain or just in general. I mean, I'm sure they know what they're doing. I'm not going to question them 100%. And like I said, if it has to do anything with military, it needs to be in the middle of the country. Like, a, like Missouri or Nebraska, somewhere around there. 
If you're doing car stuff, I don't care where it's put in the end, but chips are the next big thing and potentially on Wall Street. I'd keep an eye because chips are just going to continue to become more and more valuable with time. And maybe that's the next company that eventually gets made too, is a company that's able to figure out how to recycle chips and be able to reuse them again. That could be the next big company too in the making. Not financial advice, obviously, just food for thought. I'll leave it there. With that being said, thank you so much, podcast listeners, for listening today. I hope you have enjoyed it. If you have, please like and subscribe to this podcast as every like and subscription we get can help grow this podcast so we'll be able to keep talking about events that are happening on Wall Street currently and be able to get the news out there of what's happening when Wall Street's too busy looking at other news events that are currently happening. Please also share with friends or family as they might be able to enjoy it and they can share it with their friends or family as well and be able to keep continue to grow this podcast. With that being said, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast today. Thank you and goodbye.